Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And today I'm joined by the founders of Core Plus and Core Plus Connected, Mike, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us, DK. Absolute pleasure. Typically, we'd be either in the gym or in the office talking shit, but as we spoke about before, we might just record it today in a different setting. Um, guys, before before we kind of dive into um, some of the things I want to touch on, I'd love to hear about like the origin story of how uh, Core Plus even came about, like whether it started with one studio or whether you guys are both as super into Pilates or how it all kind of come about in the first place. Well, I suppose that um, belongs to me. We We started or I started my yoga journey about 15 years ago and I fell in love with it straight away and really just set myself a mission to really engage and and do as much yoga as I could and you know that's led me down a path of Pilates as well and and really this space that we're in at the moment which is super exciting. Um, I never set the intention to start Core Plus and franchise it, it really just evolved and um, and that's where it's got to today. You know I'm super lucky to have my partner and my husband involved <laughs> in the business as well um, but yeah we we started Core Plus five years ago and that was a combination of loving yoga and Pilates and there was a really strong internal demand for our instructors to open studios and in in other other locations yeah in other locations and really that's where we started our franchise journey so uh, we call them studio partners because we don't love the word franchise mm. but mike um had a big corporate job and um wasn't necessarily loving it and we made a big decision about five years ago for him to leave that job and start you know core plus and the core plus franchising and we haven't really looked back it's you know a lot of people say you know well done but you never really feel like you get there so mm. for us the journey started really just a passion that i loved and that was yoga and pilates how was the uh was that a tough decision to step away from the full-time corporate stuff knowing that it was pretty unknown as to how the core plus business would go yeah i mean answering it now it's, it's a pretty sort of you know easy mm. or, or on reflection it was kind of easy if I know what I know now but at the time it was it was it, it was massive and um you know I was kind of helping Amy out um you know part-time and I was I was doing my MBA at the time and I was um and working yeah as as Amy said in a pretty full-on kind of co corporate role and yeah you sort of you're giving up the known and, and everything mm. like, um you know sort of known historically security, that you had, security yeah. which but it was it was I always felt I was pretty um, you know, not overly compatible with with the corporate world. I was mm -hmm. pretty sick of all the, yeah. the politics and yeah. and the bullshit that went with it, and always knew that I, I kind of wanted to do something or, or do something together. Um, and and we had this sort of obvious opportunity right in front of us. So yeah, I mean, answering it now, it's sort of easy, but quickly forgotten how much of a big decision it was at the time. And we had, I think, we had our second daughter not not long before I made the decision. So there was other. Other, know, factors other factors as well. Play. Yeah. Were you saying that um, when you stepped away from the corporate stuff, had you already decided to franchise? So we we had a lot of internal demand from a couple of instructors that had a lot of faith in us and um, Preston in particular, who's Louise and Arthur, who were good friends with us and really 
you know, Mike and I had been chatting about it for a little while, so we kind of had a few things in play in regards to transitioning over to a franchise. We'd opened a second studio. We'd seen that kind of become really super successful. We saw the ability to build a great community in another location. And then at that point, we decided to start kind of really operationalise all of it and um, Mike took on that that massive duty of becoming a franchise. And I, I don't think we ever thought we're, we're building this brand and we're going to franchise it. Yeah. It was such an organic yeah. thing and as Amy Just said... Just listen to the audience. Yeah, it was, it was demand-driven and, and people came to us and said... like We, we felt like we had a, a pretty good thing going and people loved the, the classes and the mm. community and the studios, but we never said this is the strategy, we're going to franchise this brand. It, it in essence, came to us from that really organic, um, those inquiries. Yeah. And when, when I stepped away, you know, and, and it was sort of an interesting stage because I, I'd kind of gone from earning the most I've ever earned in my career but was really unhappy. Yeah. And there was sort of this disproportionate relationship between money and, and yes, happiness. Yeah. And then stepped away and I wouldn't say sort of immediately happier but there was this sense of fulfillment and that we were working towards something but we sort of reflect and joke now that in the first 12 months i literally you know had no impact on the business and probably cost the business money because we we, like to set up a franchise is very regulated in australia as it is in most places yeah that's that was my next question so for someone that's listening um Maybe they've they've already got they're similar in a similar boat. Might not be in the health and fitness industry, but they've got a business that's doing well, and they're potentially thinking about franchising. Like what what is that pro, what does that process involve? Like right from day one, like what what needs to kind of happen for that to be? A yeah, thing? it's I mean, yeah, it's a, it is a, it is a process, and it's a, a long process that you often can't really you know fast forward. You've got to work through and have your systems in place. So we were really lucky that we got introduced to some great people and, and had some really good advisors around us and almost um, took us under their wing from a, an advisory sense. And uh, but, the, but first and foremost, you've got to have your operations manual. That's, that's what everyone sort mm. of... You bed down your systems and, and operations and think about it from a single location. Um, and effectively, that's just documenting everything, everything. That you already do already on a day-to-day basis. And then... I suppose in parallel to that, you, you can um, you, you're engaging lawyers to build out your franchise agreement and disclosure document, and and that's just a you know that's a obviously an expensive process yeah. and a and a long process, um, and, and that gives you and and we sort of we we tried to go about it a little bit differently as well mm-hmm. because franchising we love the structure we think it's a very good structure but there's it's a little bit of a dirty word in in some senses yeah um, so we. We didn't just take the the stock standard franchise agreement. We we pulled out anything that we felt we wouldn't agree to ourselves, and r- really worked and, and tried to have that reflect as much as, as it is a legal document mm. still reflect our values. And yeah. I'll add in there, it's really important as well at the at the very start of that journey to really select those first people that become your franchisees or your studio partners. In our case, and we had utmost confidence in our first couple that came yeah. on board, and that's really what why we kind of saw the strength in being able to do it and roll it out. And I think that's a key decision that needs to be looked at in the really early days. And I would imagine that wouldn't have been – the decision wouldn't have just been based off how invested they were into Pilates, but more so like their qualities as a person as well. It's absolutely, totally right. You know, for all of our studio partners, there's so many elements that come down to the way that they – 
look at their community, they treat their members, they treat our instructors. Mm. It's it's super important and, you know, we do a lot of work and we've said no to a lot of people along the way because it just hasn't felt right. And I think for us, you know, we, we have to be really genuine and really stick to, you know, the, the reason why we're building this business yep. is for, you know, it, it's giving us satisfaction and, and definitely, um, definitely there's elements that, you know, are beneficial in terms of revenue and a, you know a lovely lifestyle and all that stuff but truly we're passionate about this and we want to make sure that we choose the right people mm. always so five years ago it was the first one yeah yep. so um i feel as though it's gone grown super quick how many are you able to kind of disclose how many locations there are at the moment and kind of like what what it looks like in terms of you know how much interest you've got in in locations yeah you're right it has gone super quick i mean yeah click your fingers and it's been been five years and and two years of that's COVID, right COVID, yeah. we're sort of so grateful and three kids yeah shit which i wouldn't advise for anyone <laughs> to, to have three kids and start a franchise yeah. um but somehow it works um but yeah so we're, we're up to 13 locations open Unreal. now We've sold 24 territories and have done the master franchise partnership in Canada, which is super excited. Um, I was on, on a call with them this morning. They're very close to signing their first over in Toronto. So, yeah, it's um, in some ways it feels like it's been slow and steady growth, but then there has been that sort of step change to get to those, yeah. those locations. And, yeah, and, and you know, even in the face of, of COVID, which we don't want to sort of dwell and focus on too much, but to still open locations, yeah. I think we've opened six or seven in the last two years that's awesome yeah. and the you know the ability to now be in a position where we could open six in the same month and have confidence in our rollout of the franchises and right. the operations manual and the training component as well that that's truly like you know previously if kind of 10 people have come to us it would have, we would have been completely overwhelmed We've got such a strong structure around us in, in our head office and also our training and development mm. team as well. And because of that, we're really in a position now where, you know, we can take on more business and take on more opportunities. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we want our members to have their best experience ever in the studio. And if we had have taken too much on in the early days, then we probably would have been scrambling and not done the benefits to ourselves mm. personally but also to the brand and our business and so we're we're super lucky now um with the network that we're surrounded by that we can really focus on growing and evolving yeah yeah is it, is it quite stressful um the more locations you open obviously like i feel as when i think about it i'm like all right so if you you obviously know what your core values are and and you're, you're very selective with who you choose but in the end of the day it's still like once it's done, that's kind of out of your hands. And they're not only the, the owners of the location, but also like the staff that they're getting to work there. So like how much of that do you guys still have to oversee or how much do you kind of just have to trust that it's going to, they're going to kind of follow along with how, how you see it, yeah. envision it? So this is something we learned in the very early days and we wanted the ability to be ensure that our instructors within the studios are trained by us. And so that's something that we still do now. Uh, we facilitate all instructor training. Even to not to all locations? To all locations. Yeah. So yeah. we um, felt there's a lot of strength in that one consistency across the brand. Um, and hate using the term McDonald's, but it's a similar thing that no matter what studio you go into, you get the same class, you get the same... Mm -hmm 
amazing energy that our instructors bring and you leave completely satisfied and a bit sweaty too. Yeah, regardless of where you go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, so, it's so true. Like our studio partners are obviously super important mm. um, to us, but but the instructors um, are, are really that, that, that key interface with, yeah. with members and the delivery of the the classes and the experience. So, yeah, that, w- that was a really, you know, looking back, it was a, a pretty, you know, important strategic decision mm. to do that, um, to, to still maintain the um, contact and the relationship and the training and mm. not just initially but ongoing as well with the instructors. So it's not the management of it. It's just the, the, the um, you know, the class structure yeah. and development for ongoing. Um, but the studio partner does the rest of it in terms yeah. of within their studios. Yeah. A couple, of th- a couple of questions off the back of that. So um, the first one is what's your advice for business owners who, I'll use myself for an example, is that like even though my business has grown a lot, one of the things I struggle with a lot is, I'm better with it now, but um, earlier on was like letting go of certain responsibilities and, and giving them like kind of delegating them to someone else. You know what I mean? So um, what's your advice around that in terms of being able to kind of let go of your baby, I guess, and, and kind of pass responsibility <laughs> to other people? I thought you were going to ask, what's your advice to business owners that are married? So I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, you that's coming. That. Wait, that's coming soon. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's a massive one. Amy's better at this than, than I am. I'm, um, you know, suffer from a perfectionism curse, um, which is a bit of a double-edged sword because obviously there's so much detail that goes into mm. what we've done and, fitting out the studios and the design and um, I still struggle with that. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the answer is. Mm. I think it's it just you just get a bit better with it over time. The reality of, of growth forces you to do it sometimes. Yeah. You know, there's just only so much that you can be involved in and, and be as hands-on. Um, but the one thing I would say is have, have an amazing team, which we're so fortunate to have um, – at head office and across the board, mind mm. you, um, over in Canada as well, and yep. our head office team here, yep. and the studio partners. But um, that that makes it so much easier yeah. to, to delegate. Mm. I, I completely agree, and I think it's a lot of work initially and upfront. Um, but once you've got all the elements there that you want to see um, continued on or create that consistency, once you've kind of got those components and and the the training is really thorough yeah. and there's this sense of importance around carrying our brand and carrying the you know our values yeah. with with them along <laughs> the journey once they know that and they really get that sense of of what that is then mm-hmm. then you've you've got to trust and yeah. you know we've got one of our kind of key roles is that studio support and development role within our head office and it's a huge role for us and it's a big opportunity for us to ensure that the studios feel supported. Um, if they're unsure about something, they've got they've got a contact that they can go to, and and really at the end of the day, they're not kind of stuck there guessing. You know, what should we do? Trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I always say, you know, if I was a studio partner, what would I want, and what would I, mm-hmm. what what would I be asking for right now? And so with that lens on, every time we do a campaign or we introduce a new class or bring a certain component into it, we try and give them as much information and as much preparation as we can, so they're really super prepared and have confidence. Yep. And and that's really what the key is. Mm. The second uh, second part of that um, is like looking back at your experience now. In your opinion, for a business that's scaling, what is let's say like the first or like the first three or the top three kind of roles that you would like palm off to someone else that you think it was going to accelerate growth and take kind of time 
or give you time back in in the beginning like right from the start oh gee, that's a that's a good question um to narrow it down to three i, th- I think one area that's really helped us is having someone full-time focusing on um we don't, don't like to say franchise sales but in that yeah um you know someone that's really uh, responding to the inquiries as they're coming in and nurturing mm-hmm. the 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 leads that are coming through i think that that studio success one is um is a, is enormous because you don't want to go and chase growth at the expense of your existing studios quality, that are already yeah. open and and coming back to a point that was made earlier um even though it feels like we've grown fairly quickly it has hasn't exploded it's been quite quite steady and gradual and it's it's intentional. They're all in Melbourne and or Victoria. We can drive to them because yeah. I think if you if you always start to lose control a little bit, you, you yeah. do. And and yeah, I mean, even our strategy is so simple. Our first pillar of our strategy is to to support and grow the existing studios mm-hmm. before opening yeah. new ones and before yeah. selling more territories. And um, that's ultimately what my role is within the the our company or organisation is looking at those studios that are developed, Mike does a lot of the pre-work in the sales and the, and the pre-opening. But from that point, you know, eight weeks from when they open, they don't really see me up until that point. But then they see me a lot. A lot. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, there's so much that we invest into those first couple of months. But at the same time, we love for our studio partners to really learn early on as well. Mm-hmm. Learn what they're responsible for. Give them the tools instead of just passing it yeah. to them on a plate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's one. So that was two, right? So two. <laughs> That's two. The third, and this is quite self-serving, but and I haven't, we haven't hired or we haven't filled this role. I still wear this hat. Would be around the kind of project management piece. So mm-hmm. it is like we're trying to build six between now and the end of the year. Okay. And there's a lot in yeah. working with the architect, working with the different builders, mm-hmm. um, even you know negotiating the leases. So someone on that um, on that front around that project management piece. I think is really important. There's so many other, like you could have a lot more and you sort of... Content and all that type of stuff. Marketing's yeah. really yeah. important. Yeah, I think like we're, we're bricks and mortar first and foremost. We, yeah. We're almost, um, and obviously we have a, a pretty strong social presence and we've got the app now mm-hmm. and, and we, we really have pushed into the digital space, but it was such a low priority in the early days because, and, and there was, you know, it was important in some ways, but we, we, we said to our studio partners and instructors, don't worry too much, you've got real people right in front yeah. of you so yeah you know and if don't you give them a good enough service then the, the they'll do the work for you but that's right referring others and whatnot yeah but it is now like co- content is, is massive right <coughs> yeah and it's something that you do an amazing job at with with your stuff um and um and that's just such a great way of getting yeah. getting the expanding so the reach i never thought it would become a dedicated role in our head office but it's a dedicated role. has to be now doesn't yeah, it yeah definitely. it's funny um and the amount of work that goes through yeah you know that that air, that kind of component of the business is unbelievable it's funny like the i've found anyway the last uh probably like four to five years it went it's kind of like gone done like a bit of a cycle so it started off when when content started to become when people realized that it was important it was all like just perfectly curated pictures mm. and content of like this is fucking the perfect <laughs> image whereas now it's kind of come back to more stuff like this as in like people want to see Real like communities. St- what happens behind the scenes or just unedited stuff or just like the day-to-day stuff which yeah. people would actually find interesting. Yeah. And then like you kind of said, it's it's um, for anyone who just doesn't like using social media or doesn't, you know, doesn't know how to or whatever, like 
it's a bit of fucking bad luck yeah. because if you're not doing it, it's you're going to be so you far behind. You just have to it's, do it. It's, it's so interesting because yeah. we've always looked at our members and our instructors being our, our ambassadors mm-hmm. and Core Plus, we've, we've never actively gone out and paid someone to talk about us nicely. Yeah. And so we are like truly grateful that our community of members, instructors, our studio partners talk about us in yeah. that way and they're really truly our ambassadors. And yeah. so I suppose in that respect, you know, social absolutely hands down super important and, and we love that component as well. Um, but we see value in other, other areas yeah. as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think you made a good point before as well, um, and I say this to a lot of the like, cause I get a fair few PT like new PTs coming out asking for like advice and stuff, and so we, because of social media, so many people put all their emphasis on getting new clients. But like you said before, if you're not taking, if you your retention rate sucks or your service or your product drops off because of the fact you're so f- solely focused on putting out content to get new people then it's a bit of a lose-lose. Like you, you oh. might be getting new clients, but you're losing them at the same rate. So if you're taking care of what the clients you've already got, then that's half the battle, I reckon. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? And, and just economically, it's so much more expensive yeah. to try and um, acquire a new customer than it is to retain, retain. an existing one. And yeah, c- com- completely. And I think that's, that's what we say. There's no sort of secret strategy. It's, it's just concentrate on delivering the best experience possible for that member on that day and you know it's it's why we don't do swipe cards at the reception mm-hmm. because we want instructors to, to remember our members names yep. and it encourages that encourages conversation yeah people stick around after it's not you know the community thing is not forced upon people but it's there um and and i think it, it does like it, it does contribute to that whole retention piece yeah definitely yeah. um going back to covid um, again, we won't talk about COVID too much, but um, obviously I'm, I'm assuming, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that was like the catalyst to start um, Core Plus Connected. Yeah, so Core Plus Connected was born in COVID yeah. and um, so was my daughter Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually... Which one's more important? <laughs> <laughs> I know, when my kids um, ask me what we did when we were locked down for two years, I'll say I had a, had a baby, which yeah. is really easy answer. Um, but... Yeah, so it, it was more Mike's baby at first, and and we basically threw out Corpus a face connected or loose. I was going to say, I hope, I bloody <laughs> hope she's so. still in my yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Be> safe. <laughs> uh, we threw it out to um, our social pages and just had free access to live classes yep. that stayed on Facebook, and we we made a conscious decision to really put some. Um, thought into what we were going to create with core plus connected mm-hmm. and time energy effort as well and yeah. we've created what we think is the best yoga and pilates live on demand platform out there mm-hmm. um totally biased yeah though, of course. <laughs> that's all right it's good you'd hope so <laughs> and um we create new content each week mm-hmm. um, new class drops e- each week as well and um for us, it's a component that we can give to our current members if they go away on holidays or they want some time out from the yeah. studio. Um, but it's also a, a great opportunity for us to um, leverage, you know, different class um, types and also um, instructor highlights 
and yeah. Do you reckon that? Um, do you think that that uh, the fact that you guys have invested into that now, like obviously, was accelerated by the fact we went into lockdown? Mm-hmm. Like, if that hadn't happened, how long, if at all, do you reckon it would have taken for that for you guys to kind of want to push in that direction as well? It's a, it's a good question. We, we always had on on the roadmap yeah. that we would um, have a multi-channel offering, mm-hmm. and it's sort of. Um, it's a really complimentary offering to the studios. Yeah. What COVID did is it put it like it was somewhere on the list, but we were so um, uh, focused on opening the locations and making sure they were really yeah. successful. And and it's on the back burner a bit. It was. It yeah. was. It was down the list. And um, obviously, the first COVID lockdown um, put it to the very top of the list really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's sort of exactly what you said before it, that it it doesn't have to be perfect. And, and yeah. If, you know, we sort of look back and shudder a little bit at, at what the first um, iteration of Core Plus Connected looked like. But what 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 it showed us was um, that it, yeah that it didn't it could be imperfect. Like yeah. we, we literally got a, a camera, a tripod. I don't even know if we had a light at that point. We had shitty carpet in our office at the time, and and an instructor and yeah. Matt, and we we did Facebook lives, and in the background we were building the app, mm-hmm. and when we made the decision really quickly, you know, we. We partnered with Vimeo in New York to, to start building that, but it was a three- to four-month build. So for whatever that is, 90 days or 120 days, I think, probably mm-hmm. as long as the first lockdown, we went into the office, we live-streamed to Facebook every morning, 7 a.m., imperfectly, with yeah. not the, not the, all the gear and with terrible carpet, and the engagement from, from members was unbelievable. And I think what it was, it was, it, it was just a way for people to stay connected. And, yeah. and that's why we named it. Yeah. Core Plus connected initially um, and, and still now. Um, but it's exactly what people people wanted and needed when they were stuck, stuck yeah. at home. It's, uh, I find that um, so important though, like just getting started. Like I've told this story a million times, but about like even with the podcast, like up until probably 18 months ago, I started investing into decent stuff. But for the first, you know, three, however many years it was, like three years or whatever, it was literally just my Mac a USB adapted mic. <laughs> Some of my episodes have been literally recorded under the fucking Duna cover, like on my bed, so I could the sound would best, be good or in the car and stuff like that. But um, you know, if you wait until you feel like you've got it all, yeah, That's all down, so you, you'll true. never start. It's a journey, really. At the end of the yeah. day, and even now, we're we're doing you know a bit of a, a brand refresh and ready for kind of a relaunch or a refresh later this year. And you know, at the time, what you create looks awesome, feels awesome, but everything evolves and Mm and we've even found that with core plus connected now it's really evolving and we're getting the real feel for it and what our community wants as well on the platform um on that topic so whether it's with the the studios or whether it is core plus connected um what what type of avenues have you found most effective for feedback from the like from the clients and the members sorry the members and um your community like what are some of the um, ways that you actively kind of get that feedback to adapt, whether it be yeah, in so person or online? So um, it's easy to tell top-rated videos. So for okay. us, we, we really um, – this is we've got strength when it comes to yoga and Pilates. Mm-hmm. So we always try and stay in our own lane when it comes to our product offering. We don't want to be a million things. We don't want to be you know, experts in all these other areas. Yeah. And, and truly that's what's – brought us success as well mm. so we're passionate about it our instructors are passionate about it our studio partners are head office and and really that's kind of what we focus on yoga and pilates and um and that's what's bringing us success on the platform and in the studio i think that's such a good point it's like you know 
the, the definition of strategy is what, what you don't do. And, and we're in this kind of mm-hmm. fad-based industry, right? And yeah. we've, we've done kettlebell yoga and we've, we've had lots of probably done shadow boxing in the studios. And, and yeah, a lot of work was done on that. Like what most importantly, that's, that's what the question was. Like what, how do you find out yeah. what your members want? And we're always talking to members, instructors in formal ways and, and informally as well. But um, yeah, it was a pretty big decision to just consolidate. Uh, we really are grounded in yoga and Pilates at its origin, you know, mm-hmm. Bikram and, and yoga, yeah. 500 plus years old and Pilates 100 years old. So there's, yeah. there's these kind of established practices that we've modernised. Um, but we've, we removed the fad aspect to it. And I think that was a really, it was quite a, a pivotal moment to, to remove the, the fads and mm-hmm. just focus on, it's still plenty of innovation yeah, within yeah, the yeah. classes and, yeah. and variety, but... I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, just doing it that's better it. than everyone else. That's it. Um, All right, so for, for anybody who is listening at the moment, um, obviously we touched on already that um, clearly business partners married as well, um, which which would have its difficulties, I, w- I would assume. Um, for anyone listening that maybe their business partner is their best friend or maybe it is their romantic partner, whatever it may be, um, how do you guys navigate that to, to make sure that, you know, the work gets done, but then you've still got your time um, as a couple and as a family and stuff as well, um, and that doesn't kind of backfire? It's a great question, and it's I'd say it's a, from, from our perspective, it's, it's always a work in progress. The, the, the thing initially that helped us out a lot was our roles were pretty clearly defined, like we know each other well and, and our strengths, and um, it was almost a conversation that didn't need to be had, but we just knew that the areas that I would focus on and Amy would focus on and what there wasn't even really a focus. It was just, we just did it and mm-hmm. um, there was some, some good overlap and not to say that we sort of agree on, on absolutely everything, but it was clear where our strengths were and what we focused on. But I think just, yeah, clear communication. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to have some sort of boundaries and, and rules in place, mm-hmm. which, you know, is, is obviously easier said than done. Um, even just this week, we were having a conversation about turning our our laptops off at night, you know, yeah. at, le- at least a couple of nights a week. But, um, yeah, it is. It's, it's a constant juggle. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to be able to say that, you know, we leave work at work and home is home, but that's definitely not the case. We we, we are getting better at it, definitely. Um, but it's, you know, Core Plus is such a big part of our life and it's really, you know, it's, it's absolutely kind of even if you look at our values and, and what we stand for, one of them is a family values and and we we really want to be you know known for that and so it's hard not to kind of it's hard to really separate core plus and and um home life home. and so you know as i think we mike's right we've both got our roles and they're really defined now and it took a little while to get there absolutely um we've had some great strategy sessions working out you know what we're both individually working on and it just works now mm. yeah i think i think we haven't f- felt that it's become a problem so that's probably yeah. a really good thing to acknowledge that you know we haven't had to pull each other up and strictly say right yeah. this is actually yeah you know um becoming an issue for us and, and i think yeah a lot of that comes down to what we absolutely love like we're, we're so passionate about what we're building and the people that we mm-hmm. work with that you almost don't want to like work-life balance. You don't want to switch off it. Like they do really, you know, merge nicely together. And you know, even if it's the kids coming into the yeah. office, and if we're still working and talking about core plus at night, it's, it doesn't feel like a, a chore or a mm. burden. Like when it comes to passion, yeah, yeah. 
passionate place. And you know, obviously, there's, there's stress, and it's it's not yeah. all, you know it's not all easy and rosy. But um, yeah, when, when you are truly passionate about the what you're trying to achieve and the impact you're trying to have, and we're really clear on that. That yeah, it, it hasn't got to a point where it's you know got too yeah. much or, or become if, an issue. If I've got a night off or a morning off, which I'm so like. In particular, you know, I, I love doing my exercise and I love being able to spend time on myself each day. But I'll normally go to Core Plus, so you know, it kind of shows that we do we do love it. You know, you'll find me at some of the studios around Melbourne. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's 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 nice to it's nice to have that component. But it, it, you know, we we talk about other things as yeah. well, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I guess communication is clearly like one of the biggest factors is making sure you you understand how to communicate effectively. That would have to be, um, and I would assume that would be a massive um, component of staff as well and, and your business partner. So um, how have you found, like, how important is it that you kind of nail your, your communication between, you know, people that work for you or even communication with members and stuff yeah. to make sure everything kind of flows Look, you, you never like you never given uh, you know how to do it or you know communication for dummies type book. You you learn along the way, and, and I definitely think that you know um, I'll definitely be humble and just say that we're not perfect at it, absolutely by no means, and we're always improving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. We we try and do the best that we can, um, and you know what what you know we. We love our staff, we love the studio partners and we want to support them as much as we can and I think that really kind of shows in in our communication Um, and I think it's, you know, it's important to kind of understand where where anyone's at, if there's any challenges that they're facing as well or always if we can support them as well. Um, There's so many components of our business where... We allow our staff just to really run with projects and, mm-hmm. and that's really important for us to kind of have that faith in them and we completely trust them. But knowing that, that you know, communicating with them that they're that we're here for support is, is yeah. you know, what they value. And I think it's the culture too that we've tried to set. It's probably an extension of our own kind of our own personalities and our own values, you, you could say, um, you know, we're, we're a pretty open book mm. and yeah. we've got an open plan office and, you know, you know yeah. what it's like. It's yeah. pretty, pretty cosy in there and um, there's no secrets mm-hmm. and, and that's the way we try to run. You know, sometimes there could be a bit of oversharing and too much information um, on a personal front from, you know, I think everyone's so <laughs> so comfortable. Like the, the team are just so open and, and like, it's it's nice and, you know, that's on a sort of a personal level but then on a, on a business sense, you know, when we... When we did the capital raise, for example, um, you know, a couple of years ago, there was no sort of closed door secret stuff yeah. going on with meetings and presentations. It was, it was really open, and we brought people along for the ride. And, and as part of that process, we allows them to feel part of everything. Yeah, and also just allows your mind not to creep into a place of like, shit, what's going on? Like, what, what's all these? It was it's, it's a positive conversation, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, it is part of those family values and, and another value we have is around shared success and we've done the employee share option program yeah. for, for the team and, yeah, I, and I know you're sort of asking more around communication, but it is. It's just I, I think the key is around, um, and it extends to the studios with pricing, for example, unlike some gyms where it's a bit of a mystery and you've yeah. got to negotiate and you don't know if I'm getting a better deal yeah, than yeah. you and you've probably negotiated better, so... Um, you know the pricing's just there. It's all very overt and yeah. clear communication. I think that's at all levels, and there's mm-hmm. you know there's there's lots of different examples of that. But 
but, but being open and, and yeah, there's really no, no secrets and nothing to, to hide, which I think is the key. Is there uh, anything I, I often find um, when you talk to successful people or people that are doing well in whatever um, industry or field they're in, there's often there's been like some form of adversity or setback or, or whether it's a mistake or just a really big learning curve that at the time probably felt like shit but in the long run you realise that, you know, that if without that then you, the growth that you've had may not have happened. Is there anything in particular that you found um, that really sticks out that has been a, a steep kind of learning curve but has pushed you guys in the right direction? It's a, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, as we go on this journey and as we grow bigger, I think there definitely will be, you know, road roadblocks or humps, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's nothing really that's kind of set us back too much um, outside of the obvious, which was COVID. Um, but, you know, in, in some respects that did really help us with the Core Plus Connected and, mm -hmm. and putting our classes online digitally and really thriving in that in that market and that new industry for us. So it's hard to say. I think as, as a business owner, you just have to kind of roll with the punches. I think yeah. this, that's what the saying is. You you know, if you can kind of foresee all these things that are happening, which would be great. It's almost like looking in a, um, you know, looking down kind of the scope of where your future is going and no one knows that. So mm -hmm. for us, it's, it's, yeah, it's having the right people around us that if issues do arise or there's something that becomes problematic, we've got, a network of great people that we can rely on. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the biggest adversity we've all felt in, in our lifetime being, and particularly fitness and aviation and some other industries that copped it pretty pretty hard. But, you know, I, I did the numbers and we were closed 339 days in yeah. two years. So that's basically <laughs> one in two years. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty ordinary. I, I think it taught us a lot of lessons, um, it was sort of nice forced slowdown, even though we were launching Core Plus Connect, it was pretty full on, but the time that you got at home with the kids, and I know Amy was doing the brunt of the homeschooling, so um, I, I could probably find the silver lining in it, but there was, you know, there was some challenges um, that came with that. But I think as well, it, it, um, particularly COVID, you know, as we talked about before, um, you know, you go from your whole business having to change completely, over, literally, it was literally overnight, like getting put into yeah. lockdown, it's overnight. But then what I found afterwards anyway is that you realise that, you know, it's small little problems that you have on like a daily or weekly basis that you work yourself up about is means fuck all compared to like what you've had to do, which, you know, you didn't, you probably don't necessarily think about it that way as much because you're left with no other choice. Yeah. But oh, then when, so you, when you kind of reach those little humps in the road or the roadblocks yeah. now, it's like, oh, well, this is a piece yeah. of pitch because I've uh, done Totally. It. And it's all about reframing it, right? You know, it is what it is. And that's what we looked at in, in COVID and, you know, ensuring that we kind of had the right focus and, and knew what we wanted to achieve was it was really what got us through it. Um, we're so lucky that the studios have come out so strong, mm. stronger than ever, in fact, um, which is super exciting for us. We've had um, a lot of people that have invested time in lockdown to, to do something else in their career. So we've had a lot of... Um, interest from Pilates and yoga instructors and we're always constantly recruiting as well. So there, you know, there definitely were the, the, the kind of, I don't know, I suppose you'd, you'd call it like the issues at the time, but we worked through them and I feel like we're in a stronger position now. Yeah. Yeah. It teaches you pretty quickly what's important yeah. in, in life and what's not. So yeah, yeah, it exactly. helps you, you know, what to let go of <clears throat> versus what to focus on. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it sounds a bit, 
basic, but being being grateful for certain things like, you know, meeting up. Your social kind of stuff was pretty limited, yeah. so I just think meeting up with a mate for a kick at the footy or mm. a run mm. was a pretty like basic luxury, but, yeah. but it was at the time. And you know, to, to meet up for a coffee involved getting a takeaway and sitting in the front seat of your car <laughs> around the town, like that's sort of what. What it, um, or at St. Vincent Park. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you're still traumatised by that. Let's not talk about that. We'll that out. Um, before we wrap up, guys, uh, where do you hope to see Corpus um, within the next kind of five years? It's a great question. Um, look, I, I think that where I, where I think I hope to see Corpus in five years is to, to continue expanding the studios across. We want to be in every state of Australia. We want to have a really good um, presence in North America as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're off to Singapore next week. Um, the market's really taking off in this in this space wow. up there. So that's that's, cool. um, that's really exciting. And it, look, who knows exactly what the future holds? I, I have so much confidence that it's, you know, it's going to be positive, whatever it is. But I think that's part of the journey. It's just so, it's so exciting, like yeah. knowing that you're tracking in the right direction. Um, but also a bit of the unknown as well. Um, Unreal. And if it's anything like the last five years, I'm sure it's going to be pretty incredible <laughs> and, and hang yeah. on for the ride. Yeah. We, you know, we've got some key objectives and we always think about 100 studios throughout Australia in five years' time, maybe a little bit longer. But for us, we're really grateful that we're able to go on the journey and that will be kind of for us where we see success, that we're still enjoying it and we're still enjoying yeah. the journey. And we often reflect on how how lucky we are that we do something that we love, how lucky we are we've got the flexibility to be able to have our own business. And, and I think for us the important key is that we we kind of stay true to our values and we ensure that you know this growth will come um with think when we think about those components and that we'll we'll continue on the journey you know i think it comes back to one of the very first things you said which was around um you know saying no to certain people or or, and like a hundred is still a big number but it's not a thousand for example and you see some brands really scale but for us We'd rather have a hundred whose you know number we've got in our phones that we yeah. talk to personally. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's all about like how how much do you need? How much, yeah. how big do you want this to get? And and what you know we're obviously ambitious. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But um, you know you don't want to lose sight of the actual come, purpose. Yeah, in yeah it can come at a cost, and mm. and and you go you know what what do you need? And how how big is big enough? Yeah. And I think the thing for us is that it's always it's always been personal. We want to work with say a hundred, which is still you know, a pretty, pretty lofty Large objective. Yeah. Um, and it will, it will be, a, you know, it's a yeah. big business at 100, but it, it will still be personal. Mm-hmm. Like, Hot will still be there yeah. physically visiting the studios it's, involved in the openings. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like you, you know, in the same way as, like, self-development, you never really get there. I think that's what having a business feels like as well. There's but That's where the dopamine hits us. Yeah. It's the journey. It's not like... <laughs> totally, yeah. And you know what? We, we, we'll never get there and go, you know, we're, we're here, we're at 100 studios. There will be other components. There might be other business opportunities. There mm. might be more, more growth in certain areas. For us, it's evolving and ensuring that, you know, we kind of follow what we're true to and what, what, what makes us and our group feel good. But, but that's been a key lesson for me is that, you know, the, the not to sort of lose too much or focus too much on the end, end result state, right? Because you go, if you've just got a one-track mind on whatever that growth is or whatever that number is and then when I hit that, then I'll be happy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we all know, like we now with all the work that we're doing in the space, you sort of know that that's not the case. Yeah. And and to, and you know to really pull back and go enjoy what you're doing on a daily basis mm-hmm. um, and and showing up for the right reasons and. The, the journey is far more rewarding. I'm sure the outcome yeah. will be will be rewarding, but it's so unknown. And when you get there, it might not be as rewarding as you yeah. think. But if you if you're not enjoying what you're doing along the uh, way, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. The result's probably not going to be any more enjoyable, is it? That's it. Yeah. Well, Mike, Amy, thank you so much for for joining me today. Um, it's been fun. Thanks, Thanks for having coming. us. Okay. Appreciate it. Uh, for everyone who's listening or, or watching this episode, um, if you've enjoyed the conversation, then um, first of all, give these guys a follow on social media. I'll have all the links to Core Plus's uh, obviously website and social media and stuff in the show notes. And if you have enjoyed the conversation, we'd love for you to take a screenshot, post this up on your Instagram story, tag myself, um, tag Core Plus. And if you have any further questions or if someone out there wants to um, open up their own, then I'll have uh, the contact details for these guys in the show notes too. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Danny. Danny.